Hello, friends, and welcome back to another bonus episode of the Nugget Climbing Podcast. Today, I've got another follow-up episode that is available for patrons who support the podcast for $5 per month. This episode that you're listening to right now is a free teaser where I share the first 15 minutes or so of the conversation so you can see whether or not you're interested in it. And then the full version is a little over an hour and it's available right now for patrons who support the show. I've published 41 follow-up episodes to date for patrons and they're more than an hour long on average. So that's 40 more hours of bonus content of The Nugget. If you can't get enough of the show, this is a great way to get even more of what you love. And I love these conversations. They're a little bit more laid back than the regular podcast. Usually we go even geekier and do deep dives into specific topics, geekier than we would on the regular show. And it's more time with some of your favorite guests. And several of the follow-ups that I've done have been some of my favorite conversations on the podcast. So that is what you can expect if you sign up for Patreon for $5 per month, in case you are new to the show and haven't heard me talk about it before. And if you do become a patron, you'll also get a private RSS feed that you can plug into Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. You can subscribe to the patron version of The Nugget, and that'll give you ad-free episodes for all the regular episodes, as well as the full versions of follow-ups all in one place. So you can listen to the patron feed and get all of that content on your regular podcast app for five bucks a month. So you can learn more about that in the link below in your podcast app, just scroll down and click on patreon.com slash the nugget climbing. And you can learn more and sign up in just a few minutes and you can cancel at any time, no questions asked. But more about today's episode. This is a follow-up with Ned Feely. I had my first conversation with Ned on the podcast back in episode 113. Ned is the co-founder of Beastmaker along with Dan Varian, who I actually just had on the podcast. And Ned is also the author of Beast Making, a finger's first approach to becoming a better climber. We talked a lot about the book in our first episode, and then I read the book again and read it more thoroughly and was kicking myself because there were several things that stood out to me from the book that I wished that I had asked Ned about in our first conversation. So I had to have him back on. I emailed him, asked if he'd be willing to do another hour and he was gracious enough to answer more of my burning questions. So if you are someone who is a total finger training geek like me and like Ned, I think you'll love this episode. Also, if you're someone who has been confused about how to put all this stuff together and how to actually design your own finger training plan that makes sense and how to use different protocols at different times of the year or how to think about using different protocols to prepare for different types of trips or projects or things like that. Just if you're confused about how all this stuff fits together, or if you feel frustrated with your training and you feel stuck, I think this will be a really helpful episode for you. That's kind of where I've been. Reading Ned's book really gave me some light bulb moments, and those are some of the things that we talked about in this conversation. I think one of the most helpful things that came out of this for me was... Ned's thoughts on doing longer max hangs. He's a big fan of doing 20 second long max hangs and has found them to be a little bit better for long-term strength gains, which is something that I have struggled with. So that's something that I found really helpful from this interview. But yeah, with that, I will let you guys listen to the free teaser. Once again, the full version of this conversation is a little over an hour and the full thing is available right now for patrons who support the show. 
All right, please enjoy this free teaser of my follow-up with Ned Feely. How's it going? I'm all right. Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, it's warm here. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're I, in your office now. Um, sort of. I'm, I'm renting a co-working space in Estes Park, okay. and it comes with this, uh, it's like an actual podcast studio. I'm in this like soundproof oh. booth. It's like maybe like a double phone booth size, you know, with a little table in the middle. It's, it's pretty amazing. Wow. Feels very legit. Got a coat hook up there as well. Yeah. <laughs> I've never noticed that before. Yeah, I do. Just in case I come in here with a coat. No, it's very hot. It's very hot here as well. It's been like in the uh, 80s every day. Um, I don't know what that is for you guys, but pretty um, warm. 30s yeah, maybe? High 20s. Yeah, it's, it's about 90 here, I think, today. It's unusually oh, hot wow. here at the moment. Are you back home? Yeah, yeah, back home. Yeah, back from France and then baby came and then just at home now. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Thanks. that's that's got to be pretty exciting. Congrats to Shauna too. I was just, uh, you you don't post anything about the baby on your Instagram. So I was looking at hers this morning and just catching, catching some of the photos and stuff. And <laughs> what an adventure, man. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't posted anything on Instagram. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's great. It's, it's um, all very different. I bet. There's a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I bet, man. Have you gotten any sleep in the last few weeks? Uh, yeah, she's not been too bad. I don't want to complain about her at all because we, we speak to other parents and they seem to have a really tough time. And for us, uh, it's not been too bad yet, so I don't want to say anything bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the constant feeling of terror that you're doing something wrong. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's just not like anything you could imagine, really. I yeah, I can't. I definitely can't. And yeah, Frankie. I I love the name Frankie for a girl. I think that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks. A few people have said that. It's funny. It just seemed just seemed like that's what she was. So mm. that was it. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. It's really good to to see you again. It's been about five months since we chatted last. I was in Waco, you were in Fontainebleau, and um, and and here we are. Um, and I, I'm really excited about this because I had at the time of our last recording, you had, I think, just published Beast Making, and I had the digital copy, so I had read through that and prepared some questions for you for our first conversation from that, and then you were kind enough to send me the physical copy. Um, I've got it right here. I'm showing Ned his own book. And I finally read it cover to cover. Oh, nice. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. We'll be factually accurate in this conversation because we both can reference the actual book. Um, but yeah, I finally read it cover to cover just in the last month and had some really big things pop out at me. And I was just kicking myself. Like, I can't believe I missed this when I was reading the digital version. I can't believe we didn't talk about these few things. Um, one thing in particular, I'm really excited today to pick your brain about hanging durations, because that is one chapter of your book talking about protocols and different hanging durations on our fingers that really stood out to me. And there's a couple things in there that is one of those things like we don't, you know, we don't have proof for any of this stuff. We don't have research papers comparing five second and 20 second hangs that I know of. So, you know, it's all, we're all just trying things and experimenting, but what you wrote 
really resonated with my own personal experience. It was one of those like light bulb moments where I was like, oh my gosh, I've experienced that. So, um, so thanks for being here. Cause I've been really curious. I've been excited and I, I felt like I needed to add an addendum to our first conversation and, and cover this. So appreciate it. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for, um, I'm glad you liked the book. It says that you've read it and you've got something from it. It's really nice to hear. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I've not really thought about it for three months. <laughs> <laughs> not surprised. <laughs> for anything much but yeah it's just funny I, I kind of i flicked through it again before coming on this call because i didn't want to sound like i hadn't ever read it it's <laughs> <Which is sort laughs> all a bit like that so <laughs> but now i mean i'm glad i'm glad you find it useful and uh, actually i'm glad that uh when you had the physical copy it was kind of felt more readable because mm. for me it feels much nicer when you're holding it i think Seeing on a screen, it's just not quite the same. Because I think they did a nice job with the paper and the printing and everything too. Oh yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the book, it feels really good. It feels like it has quality to it, substance to it. And that feels really nice. But also just the ability, I feel this way with guidebooks too. Like I cannot read a digital guidebook. The, the ability to flip back and forth between sections and reference things really quickly. And, and I kind of, I think it just fits better with the way my brain organizes information. It's almost like, I can you know, I'm like, oh yeah, this was roughly one third of the way through the book. And I can kind of remember like where I was sitting when I read it. And, you know, it, yeah, I, I really, I really think paper is super valuable, especially for something like this. So yeah, the book I'm, turned out I'm great. I wonder whether that's just us showing our age. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> <laughs> but I am the same. Yeah. I, I just, I like the feel of it and the way that you can kind of go back and forth really easily. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, if you don't mind, um, I want to pick your brain. Let's dive in. Yeah, go for it. As I say, my brain's not exactly uh, on its best book. That's fine. All the all the information, all the knowledge is still in there. Might I'm be sure. a little slow. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're good. Okay, so when I read the digital copy, I think the reason I skipped over this is because it's a chapter on fingerboard protocols, and you break it down first into two categories, into repeaters and max hangs. And so I think I saw that and I was like, okay. Nothing new. I've, I'm familiar with this, and I just kind of skimmed through because I've, you know, I've done a lot of both. We've talked about a lot of both on the show, things like that. And then when I was reading the paper copy, I just took more time with it, and you took the max hangs and you further broke those down into three very different protocols. And I thought that was so interesting because I haven't seen anyone else do this. I've, I've heard Tyler Nelson talk about density hangs and doing slightly longer hangs for tendon health and things like that. But you divide it into three. So you have short max hangs, which are five to 12 seconds targeting strength, but specifically neuromuscular gains. So working on our, you know, the brain muscle connection, like teaching our body, teaching our brains how to fire and recruit a little bit better. And then you have long max hangs, which are 20 seconds long, which are also strength focused, but focused more specifically on muscle size and then longer lasting gains, which I thought was really interesting. I want to come back to that. And then the third one was tendon hangs, which are 30 to 45 seconds. And you say that those are best for contact strength and tendon health, which just reminds me of the density hangs, like the Tyler Nelson thing. I've heard him talk about that. Yeah, yeah, same, same thing there, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting because, and specifically one line you had in your book, and I actually didn't even find it this morning again, but you said something along the lines of, it was almost a throwaway comment, but you said like, you know, the short max hangs are great for kind of like topping up your strength and getting those, that neurological recruitment. 
but you feel as though when you do those, you plateau really quickly. And that really stood out to me because I used to do a lot of repeaters and found that those kind of just always were um, conflicting with my energy to go rock climbing. You know, I found it hard to com combine repeaters with, with performing outside. So I like max hangs because it feels like something I can do more regularly, you know, like the slow and steady approach, do it a few times a week. But I have the exact same experience, specifically with uh, half crimp for some reason. I feel like if I start doing max hangs, my half crimp improves really steadily for like four to six weeks. And then I hit a ceiling and I can do it for another year and never seem to really get anywhere with it. Yeah. Um, and so when you wrote about the 20 second hangs being a little bit better for longer lasting gains, I found that really interesting, very enticing. You know, there's, there's this part of me that's always like, oh my God, this is this, this is the answer to my, <laughs> to my, all my struggles, you know, this is the secret to my, to my success. But anyway, I just wanted to ask you about that because like I said, I, I haven't seen anyone else subdivide max hangs into these different durations like this. And I haven't. I can't think of anyone who recommends 20 second hangs as like a staple for finger strength gains. So I, I just think it's really interesting. It's something I'm already starting to try. And so far I really like it, but it's obviously too early to tell whether or not it's, you know, going to be the, the thing that makes the difference for me. But I would just love to hear how you think about that. Like specifically, what were you noticing in your own climbing or observing others in their finger training? that led you to want to break these two things apart. And yeah, I just want to hear more about your experience, you know, like getting the longer lasting gains from the longer hangs. Cause that's so different and interesting to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, for ages, I just stuck to the old kind of five to 10 seconds because that seemed to be the kind of standard thing that everyone did on the fingerboard back then. So it, it made sense to do that and it, it helps, but, Ultimately, I just kept hitting plateaus and I wasn't really getting anywhere. And when I thought about it, I thought, well, if you can get, if you sort of increase your muscle size, so you aim a little bit more towards hypertrophy, then surely you can get more out of your muscles. So, so they're kind of the shorter hands, the neuromuscular stuff. It's just teaching what you have to, to work efficiently. So it's just, you're teaching your body to just switch on the muscle fibers when they're required and do that more efficiently. But I just thought if you can hang for a little bit longer and stimulate the muscle fibers to grow or increasing cross-sectional area or whatever, then surely that's another way to the same end point, which is ultimately holding on more. I was just sort of thinking about this and tinkering with it. And in the end, I just committed to doing a, a big block of it. And I just felt like I, I made pretty good gains just kind of off the back of doing that. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know whether the theory stands up necessarily, but Personally, for me, it made a huge difference hmm. um, it, in all grip types. It, it really helped. And it, it just felt like it stopped that kind of stagnation that I had from basically doing the same thing on the fingerboard over and over again. Um, it, yeah, just, it, it gave another stimulus and it gave me something a little bit more interesting to do. Um, and it really helped me to, to move on and progress in the fingers. Hmm. I thought it was interesting as well that you, you know, the 20-second max hangs, I think a lot of people would use repeaters to try to do a similar thing, but you kind of subdivided those out into different categories. Like you talked about the repeaters being a little bit better for strength endurance, which makes sense, just being able to do a lot more pretty hard moves in a row. 
Um, but then you re you reserve these 20 second max hangs for more of the strength gains. How do you think about that? Do you think those do similar things or do they feel different to you? Yeah, I think that the hang and the rest cycle, um, it, it's more geared towards strength endurance because you're kind of, you're just on and off a lot more frequently for the whole set. Whereas with these long 20 second hangs, you have really big rests between them. Um, so I, I think it's more like a strength exercise. You, you do the thing, you take a very long rest, then you do the thing again. Um, so it's it's not really, it's not punishing your forearms repeatedly or over and over again. Um, it's sort of, it's doing the hang, having a very long rest to fully recover and then doing another hang, whereas repeated are about kind of wearing yourself down and causing fatigue, which is going to give you the kind of the, the fitness increase essentially. Mm -hmm. Okay, Th this is great. So you were hitting plateaus and you switched to these 20 second hangs just to do an experiment and you feel like you made great progress across all of your different grip types doing this. Yeah, it felt like whatever I was doing on it, it yeah, it felt like I, I did make pretty good progress across the board, really. But w when I was doing that, I, was, I wasn't I was just stuck to doing 20-second hangs forever on everything. I, I just added it into what I was doing. So I'd still do the odd shorter hang session. I'd do the odd repeater session. But I was just making sure that I was doing these, these sort of longer max hangs as well. Okay. All, all just sort of spread out throughout my kind of training week or month or whatever. Yeah, and for, for people that... I wasn't exclusively on it. Got it. Okay. You didn't just like stop everything and go all <laughs> drop, drop, right. yeah, drop everything. Right. Shoes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I just introduced it as a, as another thing. And I, perhaps I put emphasis on it for a, a month or two, but I was still doing all the other things and it, it did feel like it made a difference, but it's, you know, it's an N of one. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I have, I've chatted to other people about it and they've, other people have done similar things and they, they have said similar things. As well, so. Yeah. I might, yeah, I might be the next one to add to that list. I'll keep you posted. But like <laughs> well, I said, I, I would be very intrigued. Let me know how you get on with it. I, I'd be really intrigued. Yeah. That, also, there are other people I've mentioned it to and they just think, you're an idiot. I'm going to hang for five seconds and go home. <laughs> and they just continue to do that. So, yeah. You know. I mean, totally. I mean, some people, I think this just gets to our individuality and just needing to kind of experiment with yourself, you know, or, or at the very least, like do something and then pay attention to when it stops working and be willing to switch to something else. Because exactly. I mean, there are certainly people out there that seem to just be able to improve indefinitely doing like the five second thing. You know, I think of, um, I think of Allison Vest. I just saw a post from her. I think she just PR'd on like the Beastmaker Center Edge hanging like, body weight plus 80 pounds now or something like that <laughs> just totally mental you know yeah well exactly for her i mean it doesn't really matter what she does just hang on it and you'll improve <laughs> that's what she's doing so mm -hmm. i think i think the, the main thing really is as long as you're hanging off the fingerboard then it's going to lead to improvement isn't it and I, I think as you get more as you go further down that path you need to start mixing it up and introducing different things mm. But yeah, I mean, someone like Alison, they just touch a fingerboard and they seem to improve. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's truly amazing. Yeah. Um, well, I want to ask you this. So you you have these amazing charts in your book that share each of these three protocols, um, you know, everything, like how long you should hang, how many sets, reps, how long to rest, what you're trying to do with these sessions, all that. So it's a great resource for people 
um, just check out beast making. But then you have um, you have this one line at the bottom of each of these charts that says how long for like how long should I stick to this protocol? And you just have the same quote or the same like line of text in all of them, which says I'm going to read it actually. I think you should always be training finger strength to some degree, cycle between training methods throughout the year to keep your body on its toes, which is such a non-answer answer, you know, like I, it's, it's a great answer and I totally get your point. Like you don't want to be too prescriptive with this because people should just keep doing what's working and then switch it up when it's not working. So point well taken there, but I do really, I, I am really curious given these different protocols, you basically lay out four different protocols, the repeaters, and then these three different durations of max hangs. How do you think about balancing those over the course of, let's say, a year? Like, do you do you kind of default to some of them more than others? Um, have you found that some, like the 20 second hangs, do those seem to be better to lead to lasting games over the gains over the long term? Or are you always just kind of cycling through the four in like an even balanced way, if that makes sense? Yeah, well, I, I one thing I definitely do with all, all these is if I if I feel like I want to tune up a grip for something. So say if I find a project that's got a pocket on and I want to tune up my kind of pocket strength, I'll do a load of max hangs. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed that free teaser of this follow-up with Ned Feely. Once again, the full version is a little over an hour. It's a treasure trove of information about finger training. If you've been confused or frustrated with your own training and want to get a better feel for how all this stuff fits together, that's exactly what we talked about for the rest of this episode. And you can listen to the full thing right now. The full version is available right now for patrons who support the podcast for $5 per month or more. And you can learn all about it. You can learn more at patreon.com slash the nugget climbing. Scroll down in your podcast app and there's a link right there to Patreon. It takes just a few minutes to sign up and you can cancel at any time, no questions asked. And there's a bunch of other perks. Once again, if you support the podcast for five bucks a month, you'll get 41 follow-ups that I've published so far, as well as new ones as they come out. You'll get ad-free episodes for regular episodes and you'll get a custom RSS feed link that you can plug into Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to subscribe to the patron version of the show and have all of that great content all in one place. And most importantly, it's an amazing way to support the Nugget Climbing Podcast and that support is what keeps me going. So I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. I do hope that you'll consider signing up for Patreon. And if you don't, that's okay. I just hope you enjoy the show. Share it with your friends. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or a quick rating on Spotify. Those are great ways to help out the show for free as well. All right. Thank you guys. I hope you are having an amazing week and we'll see you on Monday for another regular episode. Shake it up, stop when the clock gets 13 Sing one, one, two, three, four Cuz, cuz, cuz No one can do it like we do it Like we do it, like we do it Cause no one can do it like we do it Like we do it, like we do it Cause no one can do it like we do it Like we do it, like we do it Cause no one can do it like we do it Like we do it, like we do it